So we are in the portion of Kitisa. Kitisa. It's a long portion, one of the longest portion in the Torah. So what do we have in here? Let's start with the story. The first thing God is telling Moses, make sure when you raise the head, the head of the Israelite, while you're counting them, you got to give, everybody got to give machatita shekel, meaning half a shekel. Why half a shekel? We already explained it on Purim. Uh, those of you listen to the video, to connect through the charity to life. And through that, you remove yourself from the curse of the plague, of the disease. That's why uh, those of you who connect to us have in their wallet, I hope all of you have it, a small scroll that say Nugife. You gotta carry it wherever you go. If you can put if you can afford more than one, put one on you, one in your car, one in your front of the door like we have. Like put it on one of the picture, hide it there. Okay? So no Nugife, no negative angel come into your domain. We're gonna explain it in a second. Uh, then we're talking about charity. After that, the Kohanim, the tabernacle. And then we come to a very important part with Moses go up to the mountain to receive the two tablets, the first one. And he's there for 39 days and 18 hours. When he go down... The people start looking for God. And what happened when people looking for God? They create God. They create something called the golden calf. Sad story. And uh, then God said to Moses, those people are no good. They don't have a bond of spirituality in them. They don't have a force of sharing in them. So God tell him, Let's get rid of everybody. And I built for you the nation called the Israelite. And Moses come up with the idea and say, God, come on, can do that. Then people speak bad about you. They will say you took them to the, to, to out of Egypt and you couldn't handle them. And that's why you killed them. So I don't, I, don't, I don't get this excuse. I mean, God can change the mind of people off him, right? And what is exactly... It's so important for God what people think of him. I mean, why, why is that? So the idea uh, is to, to understand more, you know, a marketing of a person. When you think about marketing of a human being, what is a marketing? It's how people perceive you, your reputation. So Moses want to build the reputation of God. I mean, today, God's reputation is basically nothing. People come up with the idea of what it's God, and they enjoy with their ego to, that they guess what God is, and they get high from that. Oh, my God, let me tell you, I was meditating, talking to God. God never took back to them, but they think God talked to back to them. Actually, they talk it back to themselves, they ask a question. They're totally insane. So they call it spirituality. What can I say? But anyway... Um, there was a conversation with God, and God agreed that 
not going to be the decree killing all of them. Moses go down. Then Moses with the, all the right people, spiritual people, start killing all the negative people. And um, 3,000 people die. And then he went back to receive uh, the the Torah, you know, after the tablet was broken. That's a second time, second tablet, you know. Second tablet. And the conversation that uh, he has with the Creator is mostly about the future of Bnei Israel, And at that time, he writing the Torah, not because the first tablet was written by God, the second tablet written by Moses. Just to let you know, no prophet ever reached that level. No, nobody. No, no prophet. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta read it. Okay, you read it in verse 28 in Exodus, okay, chapter 34. See, you gotta understand, you know, when you read the Torah and when you read about Moses, there's only one person like that. One. Never was, never will be. One. That's what I love about. The Torah, the Torah mentioned the mistake of our prophet Moses. It's not like uh, Muhammad never did any mistake. Jesus, oh, never did anything wrong. Buddha, or even he wore bikini, is perfect. You know, I love, I love Torah. You know why I love Torah? Because my prophet Moses, he does so many mistakes. I love it. It's a human being who elevates to an element of angel. Other religion, what I don't like about it, and I'm not against other religions, it's just... The prophet is an angel, and we have to never be like that. Here they tell you, no, Moses is a human being, working himself to become like an angel. Now that's, sit well with me, very well with you. But people who start selling you stuff that the prophet that you believe in never did anything wrong, stay away from, the, from this religion and these people. Just run, run, run away. Just run away. It's an idol. And that's why this whole portion is about idol worshiping. Idol worshiping. You can't worship a human being. You have to stop. Stop today. One of the things that is in common to all human beings, we cannot worship human. Even Moses, you cannot worship Moses. You can, I mean, even you see how Moses is representing us. When you read about Jesus, it's all about Jesus. There's no story about God. You're more happy about Jesus than you're happy about God. I think it's a problem. And I don't think even Jesus himself agree with that. He was not into Christianity. Christianity invented as a political thing 300 years after he died by Paul. And Paul was a spy sending by the rabbinical movement at that time. I'm not going to go to details, but I hope you, you, you Google sometimes of what I say to find out if it's true. You know, stop worship idols. Stop. Stop worship idols. I always tell people, you know, I don't want people to follow me or to study with me. I have 12 devoted students, and 
I don't know, thousands of them who are study for me, but they are not my followers, my real followers. I have only 12 who are really, really one-on-one with me, you know? And that's it. But I even ask those 12, when are you teaching? I want them to teach. I want you to be a leader. That's what it's all about. Any, any of you, listen, want to be a leader or to teach, can, of course, sign with me, and I will guide you step by step to the right level. But you have to be ready for, you know, a real change, a real transformation. Now, some of you want to become really close to being a devoted student, and you don't live in L.A., you know, maybe, you know, after the COVID, I don't want to make it different for you. Come say hello. Or find out where I am. Or find out what kind of tea I like to drink. You know, there is always something to do to connect to a teacher. Thank God I have so many friends in Florida who send me different tea for my voice. My voice is lovely, you know? So you gotta, you gotta get out of this idle thing. So when Moses come down from the, from the mountain, okay, his face was shining. Do you know how the, uh, Christian Bible translate this verse, verse 29, chapter 34. Do you have, do you have a phone on you, Debbie? Mm-hmm. Can you find out King James Version, chapter 34, verse 29? Because Karan it says skin was shine. But somebody told me, no, it's not. His skin was shine, they say he had torn. Because Karen, Karen mean a torn. So for many years, many Christian people say, think that the Jewish people have not torn, I'm sorry, orn. Orn, Karen. Orn. They thought the Jewish people have orn. Why? Do you know how you say orn, Ibu? Karen. Do you know how you say shining from your face? Karan. Same letter. So somebody who translated the Bible thought that the Jewish people have orn. I didn't believe in it until I went to Oshawa, Canada, to give a lecture. And as I'm giving a lecture, I have yamaka, you know, and this is my yamaka. It's good. It's, it saved me from two problems. First, it's covered the spot on my head that I don't have hair. And it also reminds me I'm not number one. There's always something above me. But people who are not familiar with that thought I'm hiding my horn under the yamaka. So the lecture was supposed to be eight hours. And those of you know my public speaking with large crowd, you know, with big crowd, I like to tell jokes, open them up, break the ice. All of a sudden, I'm telling all the joke. And after one hour and ten minutes, I take a break. What is it? You want to say something? Michelangelo made it. Oh, Michelangelo started with orange. He it with orange because he didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Michelangelo started it. I'm sorry. So, after one hour and ten minutes, I talked to the owner of the place, I said, why are they not laughing? Am I not funny? In the lecture, they're not even responding. She said, yeah, can I suggest something to you? So what is it? I said, can you take the keeper on this thing off and then put it back? Say, you joking with me? So no, 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 please do that. So I'm taking it off, then put it back, and everybody was looking. I was shocked, shocked. All of them looking. In my head, I never experienced something like this. I would teach you for so many years. And then they relax, and then they smile. Say, ay, ay, ay. 
So what happened? They were dead for one hour and ten minutes. Then the rest of the next six hours was going really well with state friend. And I asked them, where does it come from? It's, it's tradition to think that all Jewish people have horn under the thing. It's coming from this weak portion. Anyway, Moses came down, and he was shining. The question is, why when he came with the first tablet, he, he wasn't shining? Why only when the second tablet, which is the second Torah, he came down, and now he's shining? The Midrash, the story go like that. The first tablet, God wrote them. God wrote them. Where are those tablets? Where are they? The broken tablet. Where are they? Moses basically has some of them. Okay? Because that was his business. I'm not going to go into details. You can read about it. And the rest of it is buried under Jerusalem. Some tradition said. Some said that it was taken by the Roman Empire at that time, and it's in the Vatican. It's actually under the Vatican. You cannot go there. So, why, after the first tablet, Moses wasn't shine? It's more energy. God wrote it. Why only after the second? So the Midrash, the story go like that, that one of the sections in the Torah, I don't know if you know, it's written, Vaish Moshe Anav Me'od. And Moses, the man, is very humble. And Moses had to write it, because that's a second tablet. So Moses get to that part, and he write it about himself. Aish, Moshe, Anav, Meod. He said, I got to do something about it, that people know that I'm a human being. I don't want them to worship me. You know what he did? He took the letter Yud out, because the, the way you write Anav is Ein, Nun, Yud, and Vav. So he took one letter out. And God gave him exactly the amount of ink to write all of the Torah. So what happened to the Yud? The Yud is the little bit of ink left. It said that that part went on his face. And that's why he shined. And uh, that's how the Pasha ends. So we have to give uh, information about what exactly happened in... Um, the whole idea of the golden calf, we also have to give an idea what to do, how to prevent ourselves from not falling into that nugife, into that plague, into that disease. I don't need to tell you, it's already one year since the plague started, at least in the United States. You know, so that's a long time. And I know I predicted that March 18 we'll start seeing opening. And we start, we have Johnson & Johnson now, we have different medication, different things. So each start is not where I want it or you want it to be, but the beginning. That's good news. So let's talk about it. So when you write plague, when you write plague, you write Nugife, Nun, Gimel, and Pei. And one day we're going to do editing and we're going to put the right letter, but got to have the manpower, the women power for the people power. So, when you take the Nugife, Nugife, or Negif, the word Negif, it's a plague. We don't want plague. What is it written? God telling Moses, Rosh Adat Israel, if you raise the head of the Israelite, what is raising the head? The mind. The consciousness. The awareness, the existence, where you are, 
you have to raise the bar. And when you're raising a bar, sometimes it's tough because there's a weight on it, you know, the bar weight, okay? I'm not talking about bars, eating bar, okay? You have to raise the bar. I'm not talking about lawyer either. So, you need to understand something with your mind has to change. How does the mind change? Very good question. It's called decision-making. You gotta get to a decision-making from your mind. You know, the head of uh, police in Jerusalem and the head of police in Israel, in uh, Tel Aviv, the head police in Tel Aviv is my cousin. The head police in Jerusalem was there for us, those of you remember, two years ago, three years ago, and he took us all the way to the Mount of Olive uh, during the Ramadan. It's very tough to do during the Ramadan on Friday. Those of you remember, I hope you appreciate that. That was an unbelievable trip. We did all of it on Friday. And the reason I'm saying it is because sometimes in your life there is synchronicity. And you meet the right people in the right time for things to work for you. But what makes the police in Jerusalem, what makes his mind help us? The group was very unified. The group was very happy. The group was very fulfilled. The group has desire. So you, when you organize those things, it's not enough to have desire because then you go all over the place. You have to have unity, you have to have kindness, you have to have peace. All of those things add a lot to what you can do with your life. So, Kitisait Rosh. Kitisait Rosh, you have to elevate the Rosh, the Rosh being the head. Now, if you look at the Negev, the Benishchai, one of the Kabbalists that live in Iraq, one of the greatest Kabbalists, and I think his books are in English as well, and I highly recommend you get all his books and study, if you like to study Torah. So, he writes like this. He say, why is God telling Moses that people have to give charity to be saved from the plague? It seemed like a money-oriented situation. Maybe that's how synagogue, churches, and mosques started. I mean, charity seemed to save you from death. It seemed like a good deal, but is it always save people from death? I met people who gave a lot and life get worse. I met people who gave a lot and their life become like, oh my God, unbelievable. I know women who gave charity and become pregnant after 20 years they try to get pregnant. I know people who have been sick and they gave charity and all of a sudden they get cured. So maybe there is a message here, but why some people do get it, ask the Ben Ishchai, and some people don't get it. Is there is a formula for this? That's what Ben Ishchai write. When you take the word Negev, right? Negev is 50, 3, and 80. What do we got together? 53 and 80, what do we have? 133. Yeah, 133. When he took the word Nedava, not Tzedakah, Nedava. Nedava comes from the word Lenadev, to be uh, kind. Kind, let's say when I took it to the uh, uh, graveyard of the Rothschild family to meditate for money, he doesn't say the most charitable guys, he say the Nadiv Ayadua. The non-nadiv, nadiv is generosity. So instead of saying tzedakah, Benishchai used the word generosity. When you mix the two words, say the Benishchai, generosity, 
פלוס חסד, you get 61 with 72, what is, what is that? 133. So you write these two words preventing disease. So you ask, the Benish Chai ask a question, why you give, and it's not working for everybody. Very good question. Because he writes that charity has two levels. There is people who give charity with generosity and with love, with chesed. And there is people who give charity with fear and they don't want to do it. So it's not always going to create the miracle they want. So what's the question here? If somebody pushed me to give and I give, is it work? A little bit. But not as strong as when you give it with love, say, the Ben Ishchai. The Ben Ishchai say that if you take Nedava, which is 61, mix it with Chesed, which means kindness, you remove the plague. And he said, that's the way. Ben Ishchai say, that's the way. So from now on, I know a lot of you give charity. Please meditate before. Stop. Say, I'm doing it because I love doing it. Don't do it because maybe. Like my son saw me the other day, doing before Purim, while I'm fasting, I was going around the neighborhood to look for poor people because before Purim is supposed to give a lot of charity. And I came back home and I was very depressed. I couldn't find poor people. I tried to wake up even one poor person who sleep on the street. It's not nice to wake them up and say, hello, excuse me, I'm supposed to give charity, please help me. I look really weird, you know. But in the end, I couldn't give other people and people who came here, so I was very happy. And I could give in a synagogue where I went to pray. I was really extremely happy. The idea, when you can give with the happiness, it's a game changing. If you give, let's say tithing, you have to give. It's not charity. You have to give. You're not even a maybe. You have to give charity. You have to give charity. You have to. And how do you know that your tithing is good? How do you know your tithing is good? You have to be rich. Let's say, let's say you want to give $30,000 tithing. You just made $300,000. You want to give $30,000. How would you know that? But you have to be uncertainty with, while you do it with love. So you take the whole $30,000, you give it for uh, tithing. Then you have to see that $270,000 that you stay with have to start growing. In one year, it's supposed to be $500,000. That's how you know that your tithing is working. Okay, I hope you understand that. So that's preventing plague. If you want to prevent plague, that's a way to do it. Now, those of you who are uh, before Passover want to start giving charity in this kind of way, what we call Nedava, or the Argentinian call it Ajur, I think they call it there, Nedava. So you have to do it right. Meditation is that the money itself is the letter Yud. The hand of the giver is Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, A. What is it? A. The letter A. That's the hand of the giver. So now we have the money inside your hand. Yud. The hand, A. The receiver is the letter Vav. The receiver is the letter Vav. And the hand of the receiver is Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, A. A, the letter A. Now we have the name of God, the Tachigamatan. Yud, K, Vav, K. So when you give the charity, 
with that kind of consciousness, even if you do it online, just meditate. See yourself like you're giving it to me or to Debbie or to somebody here in the organization and meditate that this is your youth, this is the hey, that if you're sending check or something, it's a different story. Then the check itself is the youth, okay? And your hand putting in the envelope is the hey. And when Debbie open it or I open it, we have to meditate the Vav and receiving it. By this, you complete the circle of the charity. So why is the portion start like that? Right? I mean, we are about to talk about the, the golden, golden calf. Why is the portion is to start with all about charity and removing plague? Simple. There is always prevention before negative things happen. You have to be worried. When things going well for you, that's been is a gift that God sent you before a storm. A lot of time, God for saving you from biggest problem that might happen to you, is send you a people that you can do nedavatu, you can be generous with. And through that, he's saving you from problem. I don't know if it ever happened to you. I'll tell you what happened to me, you know. I have so many stories. I hope one time somebody will be brave enough to sit with me and get those stories out of me. And we can write so, so many books. One of the stories happened to me when I was with my friend uh, Abraham in uh, Uruguay. The, the city is between uh, Punta del Este and Montevideo, those of you familiar with South America. And uh, it's Thursday night. And we're looking for where we can buy bread. And uh, we found that there is Chabad who bake bread. We're going there and we're buying a lot. It's pretty cheap. And after we buy the bread and we're waiting for the baker, it's uh, one person there. It's an unbelievable job. I see a person in the street, very poor. You know, you're walking with that uh, wagon from the supermarket. So I go to him and I say, can I give you money or water or something? He says, I don't need your help. So what? Chutzpah, one in audacity. I'm trying to be nice. I go back to the car. I say, Abraham, so what's wrong with people here? I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to do nedava. They look like they do me a favor. Yeah. So we start the car. So you know what? I've, I've, um, one second. One second. I'm going back to him. I said, can I give you food to eat and water? I said, I told you I don't need anything. And I'm stopped being kind of weird. By the way, the, the streets are no light. Nobody said the streets are no light because it's between city. It's not like here when you can see everything. There, there's no light. And it's not far from the ocean. So it's kind of weird place. I go back to him with two loaves of bread. And I ask him, would you please bless us this Shabbat if we give you this bread? And his face opened up. He's extremely happy. He said, this I will definitely do. And he takes the two loaves of bread. He hugged them. I go back to the car to tell Avram about it. And he said to me, where have you been? I said, I gave him the two bread and he, and he gave me a blessing to you, too, to me. So what are you talking about? The person is not there. So it was there a second ago. So he's not there. What are you talking? Who are you talking to? 
It was gone. Yeah, it's a weird story. And uh, that was the time, wow, I was supposed to do a meal. I was supposed to do Fabrenken. That happened uh, before Purim. I was in Argentina at that time, so we flew uh, to Purim. We flew to Purim. Uh, I was 20 minutes before the bomb that happened in the embassy. And then they put me to prison as a, as a, as a terrorist for almost a day. And then, so many miracles happened after that, that I was not supposed to get out of it. So who saved who? Do you understand? So a lot of time, God send you people. You gotta be aware of that. But if you have that ego that you're helping them, you're missing. That's why I say, it is at Rosh. You have to raise the head of Bnei Israel. You have to raise the head, raise your level, like knowing better that was something else going on there. And when you give, you give it with love. Okay? Let's move to another subject. What happened? The golden calf. Moses, Aaron, the people of Israel. Wow, wow, wow. They live in Egypt. Ooh! Either worshipping for 400 years, all the mistreating slavery. Not slavery, like to build a pyramid, like many people think. There's no memory of the Jew who have been in building the pyramid. The only place that they might have been there is south, almost close to Sudan. So, what happened? After 400 years of slavery, there's a leader named Moses, his brother Aaron, the sister Miriam, taking you out of it. Ten plagues are happening. Splitting of the Red Sea. Miracles are like crazy every day. Now, God want to give you a gift called the Torah. After 39 days, people start looking at each other. I said, what's going on? Now, among the Israelites was a group, a very negative group. They called them the mixed multitude. Who are the mixed multitude? It's a group that when they saw that those slaves called the Jewish slave or the Hebrew slave or the Israeli slave, they saw that that group of people start having miracles. They joined them. They didn't join them because they want to be like them. They joined them because they were afraid to be killed like the Egyptian. So they called the mixed multitude. One of the two people who was there is the two sons of Bilam. Remember Bilam, the, the evil guy? They were there as well. So because they were there, they start to manipulate people. Listen, where's this guy named Moses, you know? I think he went up there and he's not coming back. It's 39 days. After 18 hours, they convince everybody not everybody, some of the people, and Aaron was tricked by them. I'm going to read from the Zohar about it in a second. And uh, the golden calf happened. Some say it was a, it, it looked like a bull with two heads. Some say it was two bull. Some say it was a bull and a donkey. No, but everything, of course, is Kabbalistic meaning because donkey called the left column of the left column. And bull called the left column of the right column. Both of them are left column. Left column means selfishness. There is two types of selfishness. There is selfishness that come by sharing, and there is selfishness come by receiving. Not all giving is, is giving. Some giving is receiving. And 
selfishness of receiving can be sometimes kindness because you receive to make the other person feel good. But left of the left, which is called donkey, is, of course, selfish. So what exactly uh, we are talking about here? What exactly are we talking about in the golden calf? Six hours and we all will live forever if that will happen. So what happened? You remember when an Adam and Eve committed sin in the Garden of Eden. It was exactly six hours before Shabbat. Six hours before Shabbat. You always have to know if you are a couple, you count when is sunset. It's a sunset right now, it's like around six. So you remember around uh, quarter to one, you're gonna start fighting if you have a spouse or husband, wife. Why are you fighting? Because that's the time that we couldn't fix. We're always missing the six hours away from the tikkun, from the thing. So Adam and Eve couldn't do it. The people couldn't do it. And the snake came through the big spalte too. Unfortunately, very, very sad. Now, who took those people out of Egypt? Moses. God tell them, don't bring those people with you. Moses said, but those people carry a spark with them. What spark they will carry with them? You remember when we talk about Genesis, Adam, when he went with that fake woman, L, Miss L, so the sperm, the spark coming from his sperm had to become in the shape of human being because it was wasted. And those human beings born in Egypt, and those were the mixed too. So God, Moses said to God, listen, those spark of people are the descendant of the original Adam. God said to Moses, yes, but they're still not ready. These people are not ready yet this lifetime to come with you. You have to take the pure group, elevate them to the highest level, and then because they elevate to the highest level, they can elevate all the other nations. You, you cannot bring all the nations together with that spiritual group. For me, we learn environment. The environment is what you choose. It's not enough that you're saving the whole world. You have to save a group. I mean, what is the whole idea of being a spiritual group? You have to be a spiritual group. Not all religions are spiritual. Some religious people are doing spiritual stuff, but it doesn't make them spiritual. I hope, I hope you understand what I just say. So the idea of spirituality or, or spiritual um, uh, group has to do with, with, with them trying to elevate, try to go to the next level. But if one of the group is negative, the group most probably will not do it. You know? The group, unfortunately, will collapse. That's what happened in the mixed multitude. Most of the people were spiritual and okay. So from here we learn that, as Ravash like write in his book, Matan Torah, that you have to be careful with the choice you, ha you are doing with people. If you choose the wrong people, that's, that's what it is. Somebody asked me two weeks ago about one of the wrong choices I made in my life. And he said to me, Eliyahu, you're a smart guy. You're a natural born leader. I said, I don't think first I'm a leader, I think I'm an advisor, I'm a good advisor, I'm not a leader. What happened to you, he asked. It's, good, it's a good question, by the way. About a certain choice, I think some of you know what it was. And I said, well, I enjoy serving. And when you enjoy serving, you go to a lot of wrong places. You know, because you have a need to serve. I love serving. Nothing gives me more joy than serving food and doing that. But when I do that, I take away from people the ability uh, 
to become something. That's why here in LA, you know, when we get the wine out, the food, people start helping, they start doing things. You know, so some people arrange this, some people arrange the fire, some people arrange the chair. You know, if you don't do anything, then when you are coming here, you, you just receive. If you just receive, you're killing yourself. Dangerous. Now, let me read from the Zohar now, and then we'll explain more in a simple way what exactly happened, okay? I'm reading from Zohar Kitisa, verse 82. Uh, There's a question in the Zohar. What happened? Everybody asks Rabbi Shimon what happened with the golden cuff? What happened? What happened? How can something like this take a place? What exactly happened? So first we start that the two sons of Bilam were not regular people. They were very dangerous people. They were not just trying to create a golden calf. They tried to control the whole world with negativity, with the injection of negativity. And it looked like they blame Aaron, the brother of Moses' brother, that he created the eagle, the golden calf. But the Torah said to us, that he took the golden calf they already did, meaning he wasn't part of it. But he did say, he took it from their hand. And then it said, the two sons of Bilam as a name. Yunus Vyumbus. That's a name. That's the name of the most evil witches. Don't try not to say this name too often. I say it just for the study. So they, with their evil, create an entity which is an idol. Now, why was that golden calf so powerful? It wasn't just a goal, it was talking. Can you imagine a donkey that tell you your future? Many people go to donkey to find out their future. They have astrologer donkey. You don't have astrologer donkey? You have a lot of astrologer donkey. Either they look like donkey or a bull or the real astrologer. But that's very hard to find. So, so those two people create the golden calf. But when Aaron touched the gold, they were using him as a channel to bring the light to him to turn this gold alive. Without Aaron, it would never work. And then they do two spirits into that gold. One from the male, one from the female. The male went into shape of bull. The female into shape of donkey. And they were together. And because that force of gold was so strong, a lot of the Israelites start joining them with either a bull or a donkey. And I explain what bull and a donkey mean. I hope you understand. And it was 120 force of negativity within it and 120 type of idol worshipping. And you know what Aaron did after he realized what just happened? He built an altar in front of the golden calf. 
sound weird, right? And Rabbi Shimon say like this, that's Rabbi Shimon language. Ay, 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 Hasid Kadosh. Whoa, 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 holy, kind person, Aaron. How good was your desire? But you did not watch yourself. When they threw this gold into the fire, and the dark lord becoming a life, then the bull came out, and they drew two forces coming directly, you know, from who? Bull and donkey. Then Aaron saw it. And he saw that that the dark side becoming strong. You need to know right now with the COVID, the dark side is becoming strong. That's when we are doing something wrong. I don't know what we're doing, but we're doing something wrong. Or we're saying something wrong, or we're thinking something wrong. Yeah, the COVID is not just a coincidence. It's a plague. We're living in the time of the plague. And that plague is... Uh, either we stop doing something negative or we start doing something positive. But it's a plague. So what Aaron did, he put the altar in front of the golden calf. And look what Rabbi Shimon said. And if you wouldn't build that, the whole world will be collapsed. Why? Tell us Rabbi Shimon, the idol worshiping has power, but the power can only happen when you respect it. For example, I'm sure most of you know I'm a tarot reader. I read cards. And I'm sure you know you're doing it. It came from my, my father. So my father always warned me, don't do that, it's dangerous, and this and that, but I'm doing it, you know, I, I enjoy when people don't, tell me don't do something, I really enjoy that, it's kind of a challenge, sometimes I listen, somebody told me don't jump off my airplane, I don't, I listen, so, the cards, if you read about the tarot card, you have to respect them, you put them in, you're supposed to put them around with the silk, then put them in a wood box, there's a lot of respect, and then the card become actually much more stronger, which is not a lie. I don't do it. I keep my card, I don't even know where. Totally disrespect them. Because if I respect them, they become idle. Those of you who know, the string that we have, red string, blue string, green string, white string, all of those strings that we have, the purple, we always write to you, do not wear it more than 52 days. Why? Because then that's become an idol. You start to believe in it. You can do that. What Aaron did, when he built the altar, he didn't build the altar to the golden calf. He built the altar to God. So he can weakening the energy of the golden calf. And then he said, Tomorrow will be a holiday for God. He didn't say tomorrow will be holiday for the golden calf. And he saved the world from not being destroyed. But of course we know the punishment that Aaron has to go through. Yes, the word is punishment. I know if you spiritually may not like the word punishment, but we're living in a world of punishment and reward. 
like it or not, that's the way it is, cause and effect, whatever you want to call it, that's the universe. So what happened to him? His two sons die. Two sons die. He listened to the two witchcraft people. Two sons die. Why is it like that? Why it happened like this? I mean, after all, he did the right thing. He did everything he can, but it's still a mistake. We know that when they tell him about the golden calf, he thought he's smart because he saw his nephew, who, who tried to stop them from doing it. They slaughtered him. And then he come up with a secret idea, Aaron, and I say, if you want me to do it right, go to the women, get the ring from them. And the women used to wear a ring, used to wear a nezem, a ring on the nose. What do you call it? A nose ring. Nose ring? You don't have nezem in uh, English? Nezem, uh, earring. The women used to wear um, a lot of gold on the necklace, uh, a lot of tzvidim, and they used to wear uh, uh, some of them what women wear today on the belly buttons. Okay? But a lot of gold. So what he did to them, he said, go to the women, get the gold. They, he knew the women wouldn't disagree to give it. And the, the women started fighting. And it was a fight, bloody fight, to get the women to give the gold. Rabbi Isaac Luria right? those women reincarnate in our generation right now. So you see tough women lately. The work, they have business, they do it on their own. What happened? Because those women are against idol worshipping. They try to prevent the men from doing it and the men don't listen. So they come this lifetime to beat up the men to wake up and to teach and to be more spiritual and to study more Torah. That's actually what he tried to do, but of course we know it didn't work. That's the Zohar on the golden calf and I hope we get our lesson. I'm not trying to give you a lesson. Now I'm going to try to give you a lesson. That's me. It's not the Zohar. So, what happened? I asked myself, Makara. And I wrote to myself, simple. We were never in love with God. How are you doing today? Are you in love with God? Hmm? Ask yourself that question. If you want to be in love with God, Ravash like give four levels how to get there. Okay? First level is to know that you don't know and to know that you are not having something. To know that you're far away. I'm not close to the Creator. I'm not close to God. I don't have enough desire to be closer even. That's the first level. Second level, okay, is to know and to fear. You have to start with fear. That's how you know you start getting closer. I mean, I want you to start training line. First, you know that you're afraid. So you need to know that you're afraid when you close to a line. So if line scared you and God is not, that's when you don't respect the size or, the, or, the, or what it is. You don't fully understand it. It's not human being. It doesn't work like human being. Try to think something in the size of the moon. The moon is just the head and that size talking to you. But it's not because the size. It's because everything is there. As there is a YouTube video about somebody who died clinical dead and went up to heaven. And he's a criminal, he's a very famous criminal. He's still alive, by the way. And uh, the way he described it, 
when he met God, he said, well, I went up there, and by the way, somebody stopped him in his heart. So it was a gang member. And usually if you stop somebody in the heart, you know, the doctor said there's no way out. But he make it alive, he's still alive. And what happened, he said when he went up there, it was not fear, it was shame. He felt shame of one of that power. So first thing, to know and to fear. Third is to know and respect. Fourth is to love. So again, you start by not knowing anything and knowing that you don't know anything. Second level, you know something and that's why you're afraid. Third, you know and that's why you're aware. You have respect for that power, not fear. Fourth, you love. Avashtak said you have to go to these stages until you truly love the Creator. Now, you think, if the people in the desert will go to those levels, none of them will ever sin. But we're not judging them. 40 days waiting for Moses, you develop some doubt. But if you are working not for Moses, you're working for the Creator. And that's what this portion tried to teach us. Neither Moses is the idol, neither the golden calf, neither anybody. So because they didn't go to those four stages, and the situation was that God loved them, but they're not into God. They say they are, but they're not. So they're just busy being loved by something. And Moses, Aaron, the Aldery, the, 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 the Miriam, the everybody, they reached the level of love on their own. They reached the level of love. But the Creator loved everybody. For you to reach that connection of love that you feel from the Creator, you have to go to four, four stages. And if you don't go to four stages, you're not going to feel the love. You're just not going to feel the love. And another thing with the golden calf, when you're surrounded by the wrong people, mostly liars, liars is a problem because liar can have somebody who lied to you and there's somebody who lied to themselves. And somebody who lied to you, that's, that's a survival skill. People sometimes have to do that, you know. A son asked his mother, uh, where did you go last night? Well, she went to make love to her husband. Can she answer her son where she go? No, so you have to use a white lie. But if she lied to herself, that's dangerous. If you lie to yourself, it's dangerous. So when your community or your people around you are not real, eventually you will become a liar. You become not real because things affecting you. For that reason, in every community, in every school, in every place, you need a leader that you look up to. That leader doesn't have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect ever. Moses is not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But at least that leader should not lie to themselves about who they are. And so people, people tell me, oh my God, uh, six weeks ago, I think David told me, you're really scaring me the way you talk. People really got scared, David told me. I said, good, I want to scare you. That's me. That's me. Now, some people like it, some people don't like it. It's, I'm not here to make you like me. I'm not a model jumping out of magazine of Vogue. Say, how do I look? Oh, you like me? That's not my job here. My job is to shake you. So my job is to scare you. My job is to motivate you. I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not Les Brown. 
Their job is just to tell you that you got a future, you got a future, you got to believe. Have another business card. You have to get what you want. You have to get. I'm not telling you to get what you want. I'm actually telling you how to get not what you want. You know, so it's a very different goal. Spirituality is a different. It's spirituality is rediscovering who you are internally. If your success is about the outside, you're not going to be happy. But if your success is about the inside, you will be happy. You know how many people cheat me every day, and I look the other side. What are you going to tell them? Last time I told somebody, I proved to them how lying there, how they end up in the hospital. You know, when somebody shows you in your face that you're lying to yourself, that's scary. It's really scary because you wake up to say, oh my God, I thought that I'm that, but I'm actually not. Most people who come to, co to work as a coach with me, I always tell them, are you ready to accept that you don't know yourself? And if they don't, then... I'm talking to them, we talk about coffee and cappuccino, and that's it. But if they really want to do a change, I'm always there for them. There's no human being who commit to do a change that I didn't help them in 10 ten, times. Ten time. Their life is changing. They become different people. And I hope uh, you can talk to them. We should do like video from them, what changed with me after the courtship. I think it would be good. Anyway, so when you connected to the wrong people, then you lose, but you don't even know you lose. And for that reason, a person who's going through a tough time should not ask what's going on, should ask themselves, why are they there? Why they're in this situation? Because the surrounding of a person is one of the only free will that you have, say Rav Ashlag, okay? Your husband, your wife, your friend, what type of community, but when a liar doesn't know that he lie, that's the most dangerous person to themselves and to others. A liar who cannot admit that they lie, what we call coward, those are the people who will destroy the world. If you ask the guy in Germany if he did something wrong, he would not know what you're talking about. You ask all those dictators, they don't know that they're doing something wrong because they lie to themselves that that's okay. It's not that they're evil. They're liars. So the liar is the mother of all evil. But there is different type of lie. You want to lie to your son that you have sex, but you don't want your son to know? That's different lie. You can do it. It's a white lie. Don't worry about it. But don't lie to yourself. You destroy your life by this. You destroy people's life. Because when you start lying to yourself, you're going to be cruel. You're going to kill people without even knowing. I remember I met a woman uh, 27 years ago. 27 years ago. Yeah. Marie, her name is Marie. I don't, know if you, I don't think she listened to it. And um, she lied to herself a lot. So those of you who know me, I'm very confronting when I, I, I don't, either I ignore you or I confront you. Usually if I confront you many times and I see nobody's home, I usually quit. But people who lie to themselves give me allergy. So she keep lying to herself. And I said to her, stop, 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 stop. And she said, leave me alone, I know what I'm doing. It's okay. She went to the car. She drove. It was Queens. And she hit the child. She asked me to go with her to court. Oh, my God. It was such a mess. You have no idea. And she said, they told me you can make miracles. I cannot make miracles. I'm a human being. So I go there. And miracle happened. Now she really started believing me. What happened? 
The police was the witness, was sick. They dropped the case. The kids was okay. He didn't die. I mean, it was uh, hurt his ankle, but that's it. He was okay. What I'm trying to tell you, she was lying to herself. And I was there in her life as much as I could be because I like to serve. That was one of my, my issue. And uh, at one point, she went and she started working on changing her life. And she called me. She said, nine years later, I, I should listen to you. You make me so pissed every time you mention that I lie to myself. And uh, I should listen to you. I, I cannot tell you all her problem because she have a lot of problem after that. You need to understand that you can lie to yourself because you're going to be cruel to others. That's what the guy in Germany did. That's what the guy in Russia did. That's what the guy in every country with a dictator, they lie to themselves. And that's how they get to this situation. I hope this week we're not going to build a golden calf. We're not going to build something that we think that's the solution. Solution is never out there. That's what uh, I went to the Vatican and uh, I went with a person who showed us around and I saw the beautiful Vatican. This, for me, it was empty, but some people like it. It was nice art and nice thing, but I didn't feel excited. I need to tell you this, like, we have to be real here. I mean, you should walk with me into many things if you, somebody should walk with me and say, what's the real Eliyahu? Or reveal it to you. I think my, my family and my 12 devoted students are the only one who know me. So he says something so beautiful. And he saw that we are Jewish and Orthodox. So he say, you know, in synagogue, there is no picture like here. In synagogue, there is no, nothing. Just a flat room and you pray. And I wanted to say it this Shabbat, but I forgot. And what is it telling you that, and I asked him, what do, you, what do you mean by that? So you people, when you pray, you find God in your heart. Sometimes when we pray, we need to find the God on the wall. And I love it, what I say, what he say. And uh, I found it very deep. When you start working on yourself, you discover something internal. When you are fake it, you're, something, you're finding something external. So idol is when you look for external change. That's idol. I love you people. And hopefully you got the lecture. Thank you. And have a beautiful, beautiful week.